The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached strike microphones across the Atlantic to bring you the strike points. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Points. <laughs> Welcome to Strike Point. We are live again and it's Monday, March 28th. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it today, but the good news is that we have a very special guest today. Welcome to Bill Hunt. And uh, anybody who have been anywhere in this industry for the past 10, 15 years should uh, at least know the name. So I'm very proud to um, have you on the show today. Welcome, Bill. Great. Thanks. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. We we, we do have this tradition of inviting interesting people from the industry when uh, when either Dave or me can't make the show. Um, so today we made it with you. Finally, that was good. Great. <laughs> yeah, I hold... like being an interesting person. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds good. Doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, we have a whole bunch of things that uh, that we um, that we want to talk about, and uh, why don't we just jump right into it and start talking about. Um, some of the sessions you did on SES uh, in uh, New York this year, um, there's a lot of focus on international issues, and you had more attendees coming there this time. You said, "Yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, I've been doing international for a while, and we've been trying to do these sessions, and they get a handful of people. But uh, the two sessions at SES uh, last week, um, you know, launching a global website and and uh, global SEO." Both were were packed houses, so I, I think that's a great sign in the U.S. They're always full anywhere but the U.S. Um, but uh, you know, we as ethnocentric Americans don't always get the rest of the world, so uh, it's just really good to see that that that's picking up. So um, you know, there's so many opportunities out there for companies and and challenges. I mean, we got a lot of great questions from folks, uh, you know, about some of the issues, concerns, and how tos for global. So it's definitely definitely a very interesting topic. But you know what, Bill? It's interesting that that um, as as one that travels around the world, you probably also see this. That that, of course, you Americans or most Americans, I would say, don't know much about the the world outside America, and and maybe don't understand how to market to to the rest of the world. But the fact is, it also goes the other way around. I, I mean, I I do a lot of lectures around Europe, and and you know. European companies are making the same stupid mistakes about how to market themselves in America as Americans do when they try to market themselves in Europe. And we probably all make the even more mistakes when we try to do it in Asia or, or, or South America or other places. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's not just an American issue. <laughs> it's, it's really a global issue. Um, everybody fights um, to understand how to, um, how to deal with all these local differences. <laughs> right. So, um, so what was your focus on on um, on these sessions? I, I mainly talked about some of the the technical issues. So I did it actually the first time ever. Uh, really got to present with my wife Motoko, and uh, she took more of the cultural. But I, I dug into the technical, which 
you know, fits sort of my experience with, with large websites. And, you know, the question we get right out of the box every time is, you know, where do I host it? And do I need, um, you know, country code top level domains? And, you know, what if I have, you know, 22 versions of Spanish or, you know, any of these crazy things like that, that, you know, are obviously challenges or for a website owner. So that's what I went through. And, you know, try to give as, as easy to understand explanation um, as, as I could. And, and even with that, we get some, you know, the follow-up afterwards. I think some of the, you know, my best understanding of the challenges come in the little sidebars right after the session, you know, where nobody's, you know, sort of brave enough to ask the question during the session. So they come talk to you. And, and, and those are where we really see what some of the key challenges are for people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think as you point out, there's so many aspects from just the technical side of it. And then, of course, on top of that comes all the cultural issues. Uh, I think we've both been, been presenting a lot on, on both sides of, of, of that because they're both very, very challenging. Uh, but if you just take a look at, at, at some of those uh, technical issues, I mean, I mean, we've we, we all been playing through the different variations of, of how to uh, plan your domain strategy to start out with that. Um, and And... Actually, what I tend to do most these days is is go for a, a, a if it's possible to have a really good .com domain and then go for a slash directory uh, country code uh, type of structure. Um, and then if, if possible, buy the local domains, for God's sake, but uh, redirect them to the right directories and, and, and have everything centralized. Um, most often, I would say that that's what 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 I go for today. Uh, of course, not always. But um, what what is what 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 is your feeling of um, strategies? Yeah, I think you know, I, I it's interesting when you present at a conference because you know you got to be careful to blend theory with reality. Um, you know, my experience, you know, I've approached this from a couple different ways. I mean, my first real business was back in the early days of getting on like, you know, nifty serve and GE network through, you know, basically through, um, whatever they were called, you know, forums and, and even before we had a, a graphical browser and, and doing business myself and then, you know, built some companies from that. And, um, you know, the thing we get is exactly like you said, you know, look at your domain strategy. What do you have today? If you're starting out fresh um, and you go through that hierarchy, you know, check off what you can and cannot do. So if you can have top level domains, so if you can get a .co.uk, you know, a .fr, a .de, then, then you know, first and foremost, register them. Um, because, yeah. you know, I, I see so many times where a company will get, you know, they'll want to go into France or Germany or, or, or Japan and somebody saw their success in another market and squatted on the domain. Um, so it's very expensive to buy those um, later. So that's first and, and foremost. And, and actually, uh, just a comment here is, it's, it's, I mean, you say squatted on the domain. Actually, a lot of times it's not even what you would call squatting. It's just that, uh, for instance, there was, there was a bookstore in Denmark called Google, and it was on Google DK, and it was long before Google came around. So mm-hmm. when, when Google came around, of course, finally, they had to buy the domain. And it, and they, they, it turned out to be, they negotiated some deal, and that's fine, and, and no problem. Same thing with, with Staples. Uh, Staples DK is not Staples. Uh, it's something else, and it's totally legit. So, so they're using Staples Direct here. And, and you know, so, so a, lot of, a lot of big brands, uh, global brands, are experiencing this. Yep. And, of course, if they had been a little faster, <laughs> if they had 
done their homework back in the 90s that have could got, they, then they of course would have got all those domains uh, to begin with but that's a little too late now of course <laughs> sure oh and, and I mean that's a key thing to think about is you're starting to think about doing some of these markets if you're just launching a global site today and that's sort of you know what you framed up is if you're creating that domain strategy and and you know again there's that waiting you have to do as a startup between is it going to be big and, and if we look at a lot of the social media tools that are out there today you know you know 80 percent of them fail you know but the 20 percent that do or any new tool as you start rolling it out um as people become aware now there's probably naming of things like you know take take dixon's you know majestic seo or seo moz and you know these probably don't exist elsewhere they're probably not an established business and and so you know okay what do they do if they want to roll their two out globally now again like you said have it on the dot com if you're going to splinter things out um, from markets I think most tools we don't really have this problem uh, per se but but almost anybody actually does the way the engines are handling sort of uh, IP detection and routing content for that so that's really when it starts to become problematic is when you start doing yeah. queries so yeah. so again if you can do it like you said you know had staples um, you know the office supply store in the US been a little bit quicker and had any kind of global strategy and snatched that up that that would have been great and we see challenges with overstock and and some of these other folks that that have done well in the US or or whatever market um, and 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 start to go abroad but but you know again we we've got to look at the reality and so what if we're a site that's been running off a of .com for 10 years and we have you know we're out in 40 markets and we come to a conference and our manager hears and this is one thing i encountered in new york is you know, this person said, hey, my manager read some blog post where they said uh, you need to have top level uh, domains. And, and uh, you know, they come, they took that and did the pricing and it was like 50000 um, in total overhead costs, you know, for using an Akamai content data network and all of the, the security and all those nasty bits that you have with, you know, replicating a, a high quality, high throughput site like that. And so they ran the numbers and said, wow, this is going to be, you know, like almost a million dollars in incremental overhead. Um, so what do we lose out on if we don't have it? And then, you know, then you get stuck with that question is like, well, we've sort of been doing okay with what we have. <laughs> um, so, but this, you know, supposed expert says we need to do this. And so, you know, that, that's exactly the reality. Yeah, if you can pony up the million, absolutely do it. Um, you know, I think those are the kind of things that, that, that people need to think of. But there's a difference in, in, in my mind in, um, in, in buying and owning uh, top-level domains and then how you use them. Because oh, I mean, the first thing is, of course, I think absolutely you should try and own them at least to protect your brand. Uh, and of course you should. That. But the, the other question is how do you use them? I mean – one thing is you can of course just redirect them to whatever language uh, directory you have on your on your .com or co uk right. domain, um, or you can set up a, a minimized version of your full website on that local domain. So you set up maybe a few pages that promote the the, the most important parts of your business and 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 use that as a local site. Or you can of course have a different domain strategy where the local content is all hosted on that and, and not on the .com domain. I mean, all strategies for some different kinds of businesses works. 
Um, but I don't think that the consequences of each of those strategies are always thought out well enough uh, yep. for the companies that choose them. And, and I think that that's really the key to the problem. Exactly. And then, you know, again, who who is doing that thinking? You know, we find this a lot where, uh, you know, it's a bunch of separated groups instead of a centralized sort of web team. So, you know, I mean, sort of growing up, um, you know, with these problems in companies, especially at IBM, you know, uh, back in the day before we had these really cool CMS systems, uh, you know, countries like Japan and China pretty much did whatever the hell they wanted because, um, you know, nobody understood what they were doing. There was always some <laughs> some reason that it had to be nuanced that they couldn't possibly use the same template and framework that we used everywhere else. And, you know, so you just sort of let them do whatever they wanted. So they ended up coming up with their own domain strategies and then, you know, let alone, you know, trying to argue with with Russians or, uh, you know, someone in, in Colombia or something like that. It's like, all right, whatever, just it's up, it meets our up 10 criteria, who cares? And then now as you start to bundle that stuff into, um, you know, redirects, and, and I'm starting to see a lot of very large companies, um, you know, start to have to re-engineer so much of this as they're trying to, to get uniformity. And um, we, we did a research, so, you know, when I was at, at Global Strategies, we did some, some interesting research that 87% of the global 1,000 companies, uh, so we took that report, I think it was from Fortune magazine, and basically one through a thousand um, and, and look to see. And we created a matrix of how many had, um, you know, dot com slash country code and how many had this and that. And, you know, in, in sort of the G8, G20 markets, relatively uniform, but it just went nuts once we got into, you know, everything else. Um, and, and, and we still see a lot of people, you know, to your point, who's thinking it out. So uh, one of the things that came up at, at SES last week was, um, you know, I made a comment that there is no country, you know, I gave a little overview of how to use Google Webmaster Tools and uh, yeah. for geo settings. And I said, hey, by the way, there is no country um, for um, you know, LATAM or APAC uh, or ME for Middle East. Um, and, you know, and you get people looking and, you know, one person actually come up and said, well, how do I represent, you know, all of Latin America? You know, I can't possibly uh, build these sites and, and, and do this. Then, yeah. Okay, then maybe you're not ready to do business there. So, yes, you have a page or a series of pages or 10,000 pages in Spanish, but, you know, is a Venezuelan, is an Argentine, someone from Argentina or Chile or Mexico, you know, are they going to be able, have you changed the currency? And they're like, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. There's a Java applet that will let That's, me change yeah. currency. And, you know, so again, we're half-assing it. And, you know, it's like back when I was in business school, I actually worked on a pretty cool uh, project that I now wish today we would have developed into a software, but uh, we didn't have the tools we have now. And, and it was called a, a global mode of entry modeling tool. And, um, you know, we found that there was over 650 odd variables a company had to, to, to look at before they decided to enter a market in any one of the eight typical mode of entries from, you know, partnering all the way through, you know, wholly owned companies. And, you know, we stepped back and, I mean, we spent 
you know, almost a whole year working on just the attributes uh, of those 650 <laughs> points, verifying with all kinds of companies, and and that then now basically I can push a WordPress site up, um, you know, create a bunch of directories, use some sort of translation module, and bam, you know, or even get globalized content, and and it's just in, and we violate. All those fundamentals, but I mean, I think you know. Again, that's what gives people like you and I job security because <laughs> uh, there's plenty of this to fix. And you know, I think it really comes down to whose responsibility is it? Is it the dev team? I mean, the dev team has a ton of stuff, and I think it. You know, as we move out, we have enough problems figuring out who owns things like like SEO, uh, you know, in any one of our individual yeah. countries. And now we start adding global complexities. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, yeah, and, that, and that's really mm -hmm. a problem that, that I face a lot dealing with the local side of global companies. I, we, we, we have I've had a lot of clients over the years that are local uh, uh, brands of or branches of, of American or, or global companies, American or UK companies or whatever. Uh, and the problem is always the same that, that or very often the same, that um, the, 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 major, the main office, maybe in, in the US or UK, they, they, they want to control things. So they have set one system up, one way of doing things. And, and even if the system theoretically allow you to, they they don't allow the locals to do whatever local adaptions they need to do. And right, so right. we as consultants on a local level, we know what to do. And in many cases, it's possible to do it, but they're not allowed to do it. And that's what I call kind of a, an, 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 a stupid arrogance. You know, it, it, it's especially when the when the when the um, when the features do it is actually there and there are local people that knows what to do. And, you know, then let them do it. <laughs> But but that's so interesting, and I can't tell you how many times I've encountered that with companies where, you know, I've been in projects in other countries, ironically enough, not even at the corporate mothership. And, um, you know, in China is a great example where uh, a lot of companies, you know, sort of had their act together maybe in China first and said, in, you know, you come in and you look at the content and you write up a bunch of changes um, that are template level changes that if they even change the template, template, not just for China, but for the US. And then, you know, you got almost that reverse convincing that while you'd expect the mothership would get it, no matter what country you're hosted in, whether it's Denmark or Austria, um, that they might sort of have a clue. Um, but when you have a, a local geo like that trying to drive it, and they're like, no, you know, really can't do it. And so then you end up with localized changes to templates that if you know if they would just adopt it globally and the reverse of that is true i can't tell you how many times i've uh, i've come in and i've done audits on companies and just simply ask them you know what is the, your deployment code pack for your template so let's say they finish working with a consultant or an agency and they make all the perfect changes where they're on pages about as perfect as you can get it um they push it out there, and then they never check to see. Like uh, one of these, I did a, an organizational audit on, and said, you know, let me give me the number of the most current template uh, for your site. And then we went out and spot checked around the world, and in the average country was between two and eight templates behind would have been deployed in the US. And yes, there are some markets where you have to, like Germany, where you have to play with it maybe to 
to expand the the space for text um, and in that, but but no one had a reason why they just either didn't have the resources to deploy it, um, and so here everybody's thinking that they've made this brilliant change that now poof is fixed around the world because again I'm guilty of perpetuating that concept is because I did it repeatedly at places like IBM and Cisco where we make <laughs> one change we push it out to 120 countries and and magically in 45 days you know most of our words are, are rocking so um, you know things like that I think are uh, uh, are things you know people need to think about yeah definitely we're going to take a quick break to present our sponsors and we will be back in a few minutes and talk more about the technical side of globalization. So please stay with us for a couple of minutes and we will be back. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at ascendercart.com. A S C E N D E R C A R T.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn. One show at a time. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Rock the world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. <coughs> Welcome back to Strike Point. I was almost choking there. Sorry about that. Uh, we have Bill Hunt with us today. Dave is away for the week. So, um, Welcome back, Bill. Uh, we were talking about the technical sides of the internationalization of, um, 
of the internet and how to reach out to the world. And it reminded me a little bit on, on a, uh, and it was just reminded in the chat room. Um, if you log into the chat room on Webmaster Radio, by the way, you can um, comment on the show as we do it live and talk with both of us. We're in there. Um, anyway, um, we just got reminded of an article I wrote some time ago that was just republished on, um, on a website called Hello World, There Is No Europe. And um, I was asked to do this um, this article and pointing out really that, that um, as we just talked about before the break, that um, there are no, no, there is no Europe and there are no, there are no uh, Great Britain, you know, uh, there, 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 there are no Benelux and, and you know, there's no Asia, <laughs> but there's a China and there's a, there's a Japan and there's a Denmark and, and a Germany and, and, and how granular you really need to think. And I think that's a major mistake a lot of companies are doing and that reflects in, in, in the technical solutions that they, they then choose. Uh, because they, they, they misunderstand how how many little details that needs to be adapted locally to really be be successful. Um, That's totally, yeah. And, and, and I think that reflects on also on the technical side of it. Um, and one thing I'm dealing a lot with, with, with larger corporations, especially companies that, that used to be offline and have an offline structure and now finally are moving online and, and prioritizing it at least a little more, is that um, a lot of them have divided the world into regions. You have it in the in 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 the in in the film industry, and you have it in a lot of of um, luxury products where pricing can be very very different. You know, I have clients where pricing may be a hundred percent difference between Japan and the U.S., and 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 they're not really ready to give that up. You know, maybe it's hundreds of millions of revenues that that are still floating through the the traditional channels, and and of course they're not willing to give that up, and they they shouldn't give that up. Um, but they need also to realize that. It's very, very difficult, I would say almost impossible to maintain that same uh, division of the world online. Um, but of course, they, they, they are really struggling with that part. <laughs> well, you know, and that's one of the challenges that we face is that a lot of people are trying to fix that through technology. So, yes. you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it's some very, very interesting things. And, and, you know, I've always learned to try to find the simplest solution for any kind of, of, of problem. And, you know, so the first things I always go for is, and I told him at the conference last week is, you know, download some, some agent switchers and, and get some proxies in different countries and come to your website and see what the experience is. Because again, as you mentioned, I might have a, a hundred times, you know, higher price in market A versus market B. And I really don't want the people to see that. And so we're seeing a lot more of this, especially in price-sensitive businesses where people are are using um, sort of IP detection. And yeah. so maybe you did a query, even if you did it in, you know, in English, and then, you know, Google might assume, oh, they want the English version of this, and you come to the website, and then you're automatically routed over to the, you know, the Austrian version or the yeah. Japanese version of the site um, yeah. where you can see that price pricing. And in, in one of the, the key challenges is people, and let me make sure I clarify this crystal clear because somebody just sort of said I was, you know, uh, advocating cloaking, um, um, mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago when I sort of made this description. So, you know, what I recommend is let Google have whatever Google wants or whatever local search engine you have. So, you know, while a user might come click the listing in a search engine, 
you're, they come to the website, you pick up their, their country of, of, uh, of where they're currently at and then route them into that website. Um, you know, if you were to route Google some other place, um, that's, you know, technically cloaking for the, the purest of pure. Um, but, but what actually we want them to do is Google wants your French page, let them have your French page. You know, the only thing you got to be careful about is, you know, what gets cached because some smart people really trolling for pricing will, okay, I can't. I can never get to it, uh, but I'll go look in Google Google Cache because I can see your URL structure, and then I'll proxy it and get around it. So, um, so I think a lot I of think, times you know, we I, get I, some. I, I just. I, I mean, I, I do understand that that sometimes you just need to go along with whatever the company wants to do. But but for for you know for more ideal way of looking at it, it, it it's it's uphill to try and I mean. All the industries that have tried to divide the world into regions and keep that division online have failed dramatically. It 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 it's not possible, and and it's uphill. It's it's you know, <laughs> fighting nature in 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 a sense. It's uh, so. Uh, uh, having said that, of course, I realize that it's not possible for 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 companies to to change that idea. But at least. I think that they should be very careful in how they implement it because um, in, in, in my experience, actually, even even very slight um, personalization uh, types of, of, of things, even, even if it's just a question of adding a bit of content or removing a bit of content, still serving up the same URL structure, um, that can still give you problems. I have deal with sites where very, very light site types of of cloaking or personalization, geotargeting, call, call it whatever you want, it's all the same technology, have actually uh, um, given the sites really big problems um, sure. and, and, and been penalized for it. N- not, 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 not in, uh, usually not editorially, but, but just automatically, uh, because, I mean, the problem is that, that, um, from a technical point of view and to the degree that search engines are trying to spot this automatically, there's no difference between what we call cloaking and, and then geotargeting. Um, and, and the same problems also apply, all the same problems with me not being able to send a link to you because then what you get is not what I link to and and therefore why should I link uh, if it doesn't work. And you know, there's so right. many issues with, with trying to do this that, that I think uh, at least I try I'm not successful every time, but I try and try to convince the companies I work with to uh, rethink their strategies. Uh, and I think it comes back to your point you made earlier. It's just what is your strategy? And I think if more people whiteboarded things or put them in Visio or any kind of mind manager tool um, and just said, you know, what are the scenarios? You know, like you would, um, you know, an error hierarchy tree. You know, for a long time, you know, you got caught in this loop with – with even with uh, with flash, where okay, you have a flash. Okay, yes or no, you might get you know degraded content, and then but the very next test is, do you have the latest version of flash? If no, it would kick you out to get the latest version of flash. Yeah. You know, so we got these things where we only sort of half asset. We look at one and we look at the other, but you know this whole regionality of things. Um, but but let me do two things. So page one results reminded me that the better. Uh, way to classify that, you know, to not get pricing is actually a no archive um, rather than a yeah. no cache. So um, 
just want to make that clarification. And then second, mm-hmm. you know, back to your link point, you know, that can be viewed as, as an advantage of skewing people toward localized content because as we know, you know, let's just take the hierarchy for a moment of ranking well or, or meeting the IP detection criteria of, say, Google. You know, first and foremost, they treat a top-level domain irregardless of where it's hosted um, as being so in your case you got a dot dk um, that's a that's a you know Denmark site so it is it could be hosted in the US it's still a Denmark site um, then you know the next is we've got where is it hosted so you know um, again a dot dk hosted in the in the UK or in the US is still a Denmark site um, when we move it to the US uh, like a dot com we host a dot com in Denmark it's actually treated like a Denmark site because it's hosted there. Um, you know, hosted in the U.S. becomes sort of a global or a U.S.-centric site. Um, you know, we're seeing some companies start to adopt like .us extensions for their U.S. And then the third um, is setting it in, in webmaster tools um, in the geotargeting. But that's been sort of in flux, and I think it got whacked with the Panda update and trying to do, um, I don't know how many people are aware of this. I mentioned this at the conference as well. There appears to be, because of all the security problems, um, a lot of uh, proxy piercing going on. So essentially trying to break through proxies to find out where someone really is. Because, you know, you try to buy anything in India or in Russia or some other uh, Eastern European countries, and a lot of sites will reject you because the you know, propensity of fraud in some of those markets. So, but so I, think I think actually, yeah, no, go on. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think actually one of, one of the smarter strategies that, that I discussed with, with a client and, and that they're actually using more or less now is that they, the way that they structured it, it is a, a, a luxury product retailer and, and, and producer. Um, and they have basically set up the website on a, on a, on a good.com domain with slash directory uh, or slash yep. country code. Um, so traditional way of doing it. And, and, and um, of course, each section in, 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 in the different languages and, and, and optimized for that. So, so, I mean, most likely when people search in Denmark, they're going to end up on the Danish uh, side. And, and most often when people search in English, they're going to end up on the, on the U.S. Uh, side or right. in Japanese on the Japanese side. And so that all works fine. And they get to the Japanese side and they get the Japanese prices, which are very different from the U.S. prices when you search in the U.S. That's what most people are going to do. Right, so, right. They, But they're not blocking people from go to another place. So they realize that a very small percentage is going to do that. A very small percentage is going to be smart enough to do that. Right. But it's such a small percentage that it's like, okay, let them have that fun. You know, if they sure. if, if they want to put that much effort into saving some money, we're still making money on the products anyway, you know, by the way. So it's not like we're giving it away on the US side of it. You know, they're still making good money. So so I mean the few are so few that that it doesn't really affect the overall uh, business and, and, and it and, and you get rid of so many problems by doing it that way. Yep. Yep, totally. Uh, so, I mean, that, but that takes some guts, of course, from the company to do that. Um, not not all these old school companies are ready to do that. But um, right, and, and that's what that. it is. It, it just takes the thinking. It takes someone like yourself to come in and 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 sort of you know make people aware. And I think you know the same thing's true, you know, on on anything that's of scale. Again, whether you're a a blogger trying to reach the world or you're 
you know, uh, you've got an affiliate program or you've got some other large e-commerce site and, you know, you've got a strategy for launching around the world. You know, I mean, an experience I had when back, back, back in the early days, you know, it's like the <laughs> first business I created in Los Angeles was, uh, you know, disaster kits, you know, earthquake kits. And um, actually, Japan was my uh, my first market. Um, yeah. My wife's Japanese, so you know I lived there for a number of years. So obviously, well, after the Kobe earthquake, I had about you know twenty odd million dollars worth of business from large companies and department stores wanting to import this. So I boxed up a bunch of stuff, threw it on pallets, sent it to Japan. Next thing you know, the, they they wouldn't release it from customs. We tried <laughs> to figure out why, and they said, "Well, it's pharmaceuticals." what do you mean it's pharmaceuticals it's you know it's lifeboat food and water and you know some lights and bandages and you know stuff like that and they said there's a little pill bottle in there so right on the you know you create the little here's what's in your kit and on there was the words pill bottle um and and basically what it was was an empty bottle and we encourage you to put whatever medication you take put it in there that way you have it well because it said pill that was made it a pharmaceutical product and even though it was empty yeah. by definition it was pharmaceutical so yeah. you know it took us about 30 days you know to basically you know simultaneously trying to get a pharmaceutical container import license as well as trying to get them to to let us go in physically open every box within the bonded warehouse replace that document and and again they kept arguing well that's how you shipped it it's too late to send it now so that was a very 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 expensive lesson yeah. um, that 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 I learned um and so I think you know there's a lot of that 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 can be learned with people and again it just step back talk to the locals um you know I mean we've got things called the internet and and Twitter and and things like that where people can sort of ask folks uh for for questions and then you know as you're rolling out your website I mean I've experienced this with some products I've been working on um you know now in terms of development is making sure and Asking the question, you know, are you building this database to be uh, UTF-8 friendly? You know, can we load uh, Japanese characters in there, <laughs> Chinese characters? Because, you know, this is a huge problem with tools. You know, and again, y- there's t- a couple sides of this. Now, okay, doing it in any one market, there's probably some tool we can use. Now, what happens when we start to do it in multiple markets or when we start yeah. talking about global sites? You know, we really don't have anything that... It works on large sites or large global sites, and and uh, not just talking about the IBMs with 53 million pages, but I mean just really you know rock solid e-commerce sites um, that that there aren't any tools for it because again we've got you know the Cavarios and conductors and and uh, you know Sycara and these guys that are building these these enterprise class tools, but with that came that price. Um, of doing it, so there's really no mid-market tool that that we can use. And I mean, my wife has struggled for years with uh, trying to do keyword research in Asia, and there's just nothing, nothing available. Now we can use obviously Google, but you know that's even more, you know, less unreliable in in, in markets like that than it is yeah. um, uh, in the U.S. So I think that's another big challenge and opportunity. Um, is 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 tools for big sites and global sites and and, and one yeah, of the things that you know we've been seeing is when we look at the keyword data um, 
did a project for uh, for Adobe a couple years ago, and and I started seeing some very interesting trends in the Japanese keywords, where you know the way people were structuring, sort of describing what they were looking for around some of their software was very interesting. We'd never seen it anywhere else, um, and since nobody was thinking of the software in that context. You know, they didn't know enough to frame an English or a German or a French query in that way. And so we were able to take that little little nugget of information from Japan, actually feed it into some other forms of marketing, and, and introduced sort of a new way of thinking into other markets that we had mm-hmm. never done. And so, you know, that's an interesting thing is starting to look for trends in other markets and then come back and say, hey, can I apply this nuance? It, it may not work. Probably 90% of the time, it, the similar nuance won't make sense. And, you know, I know that Andy Atkins Kruger does some really good research from time to time saying, in this market, there's a very long tail. But as you get into other markets, people just don't have that big of a vocabulary. Um, you know, and it, so it those. It depends uh, a lot. I would say it depends a lot on the markets. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It depends a lot on the markets. Um, it, 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 you, I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, Japanese or, or the Japanese market. So you're probably right about that. Uh, we saw the same thing in Denmark. If you go back ten years ago, uh, the biggest search engine here was a directory, and 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 the directory was uh, based on a special um, natural language search technology. So it expanded uh, your keywords. So it actually educated people to use single words um, to to search. So for a long time, we, we saw a, a, an incredibly low uh, number of variations in keywords and, um, and, and combinations. I think the average was like 1.2 keywords per search or something like that, ridiculously low. Um, and, but that changed so dramatically over the past 10 years. So today, we, we, I would actually put us very, very high at Danish, uh, just as an example, on the list of, of, of keyword variations and, and the length of the keyword tail. I mean, one example is is a website that that I part that I, I I'm part of um, of running a, a website for 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 women. So it's the biggest uh, women website in, in in Denmark actually. But we we get um, about last year I just checked the Google Analytics. We got uh, um, visit organic visitors from about for about one million uh, unique phrases from Google, and that's just mm-hmm. Danish. And that's only about women and pregnancy and kids and family right. stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just one segment uh, in right. Danish, a million unique keywords, of course, combinations and misspellings and all that stuff, of course. Right. We, don't, we don't have a million words. <laughs> uh, but, but it just shows that how, how big the tail is uh, um, um, for, for, for even for some local markets. But, but I, I'm, I'm sure it, it, it's very different from, from market to market. And that's something you need to understand because, again, if you're sitting in the U.S. and thinking that, uh, that the whole world – and the whole world's way of searching is similar to the U.S., just a different language, right. then you get things so totally wrong. And if your strategy is based on um, focusing a lot on the keyword tail because that might be the right strategy for you in the U.S., that strategy may not work at all for you in, in Japan or whatever other market where you don't have such a huge uh, keyword tail to work with. Right. I mean, Motoko's done a lot of interesting research. Like, um, you know, one of the first things she does as soon as she gets a list of words from someone, either in Chinese or Japanese or Vietnamese, is basically, you know, look to see, you know, why, um, you know, why would it do, uh, I mean, sort of high, 
you know, what's the demand on some of them? And then we start to look to see, you know, she has a number of these where like, um, you know, the translator might have used this one that was linguistically correct, but there's another one that's 10 times more um, you know, in terms of query volume are more popular. And so they don't even know that. And then we get this a lot. I can't tell you how many times a week she'll get, can you just translate my words for me? Just, just go down the list, go into column, you know, column B and just translate everything. And, and, and we'll just chuck it up there. And, and like you said, you know, if people come up with a million variations of words on, on that site you've been working on, there's not even a million words in, in the entire language. So, so you can start to see this. And I think that that's a common, um, you know, problem that's out there is simply just translating these words. And then think of the downstream implications. I mean, you know, everybody looks and sees all these, these things about embedding words in URLs or, um, you know, having them in headings and titles and all that. And you can start to see the implications right away yeah. when the localization hasn't been done. And, I mean, w you know, one of the things that we start to see is, you know, I asked people at the conference last week, how many people have double-checked any of their glossaries in the past year or two years and even took in a glossary for those that, that don't know when you use larger sites or, you know, a if you're using a translation management tool, so not a not a you know um, machine translation, but but basically the way most localization companies work is you have the old page and the new page, and basically it will do sort of a search and replace, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it detects what's changed between maybe the old translated version and the new one. And, and so the glossary sits in the middle. So every time it finds the word laptop uh, in English on a French page, if the appropriate word, it, it does those sort of, uh, um, you know, those search and replace, if you will. So what we find a lot of times is that people may have done that translation eight, nine, ten years ago. Um, and now we have things like, you know, flat screens or we have, uh, you know, touch pads and we have all these sort of advanced technologies, but we're still using sort of either words that don't exist. So it stays in the local language. Um, but it's also very important to, to understand the impact of the way that you translate, because there are, are of, there are, can be different degrees of correctness. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe that's the wrong way to say it, but I mean, you can, there's an official way of, of translating a, a word. Sometimes sure. there are more than one way, but usually there's just like one way to translate a word officially. Uh, but that's not always the, like for instance, one of the examples I always use is, is computers. Uh, there is a Danish word for computers, uh, uh, EDB uh, uh, is just short for it, but 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 nobody uses that word. That is the official Danish word, but everybody uses computer, and right. and 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 you gotta you gotta almost be Danish to know that. Uh, versus in 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 France, where we all know that they translate just about everything <laughs> into a French word, um, uh, they do. The, do, do it actually a lot more in Sweden than we do in Denmark, and 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 so you need need to understand that on a very very local level uh, to to hit the right keywords, and that's that's another mistake I see a lot of times where they try and force the same the same type of keyword strategy or the same keyword sets, and really just want them translated, and 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 where it doesn't really make any sense um, in, in in Danish, for instance. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, I think we need to um, just have one more break before we end the show. So um, we've been talking so much. It's a pleasure to have you here, but it's we do both talk a lot, so <laughs> it doesn't leave a lot of time for our 
our sponsors, and we need to give them a little bit of time because they do keep they the pay show the bills. alive. So, yes, yep. exactly. So uh, please stay with us for a couple of minutes, and we will be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Please welcome your CEO coach. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. CEO coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point and the very last segment of the show. We uh, talked a little too much, so uh, time kind of um, ran out of us. So we only have a few minutes left. Um, it's been a real pleasure to have you here, uh, Bill. We do have a couple minutes left. And um, one thing I, I wanted to touch on was also, you know, some of those more, 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 local technical issues like there was a lot of good things brought up in we had a couple of sessions on the international issues as well at SES uh, London this year and and one of the things that 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 I was just reminded about there is local forms and validations this is a really big thing because it's it's so often I see um, uh, companies making mistakes with this and for instance I didn't know they don't have uh, zip codes in Ireland Right. And zip code is, is, is usually a required field. So if it's a required field and they have no zip code, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, or they validate to like a, a five-digit or places oh, yeah, like yeah. in – they'll have uh, – like in the Middle East where a lot of people will have P.O. boxes and yeah. they won't accept a P.O. box or things like that. So, yeah, yeah you definitely have to take care of the nuances for various markets. 
Yeah, and I, and I actually don't think, I mean, a lot of people in a country like Denmark or in the U.S. think that addresses all over the world must have a street name, a number, a zip code, <laughs> and a city, and a country, you know. But that's not how it works. I mean, you know that because you travel the world. Like in a lot of, of the Middle East, they don't have street names and numbers. Right. They have yep. a region and a, and a localization of some kind. Right. I remember once I was in, in Amman and I was going to this festival office uh, for a big cultural festival. And the official uh, the official address was Shmisani, which is like an area of Amman, behind Arab Bank. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah. that was like the, that was that was on on the business card. <laughs> yeah, in India recently, that's what they said. It was uh, you know go to this place, and then it was three doors down from the yeah. HSBC ATM. That was and, and how do you address. put that into a standard exactly. shopping cart? I mean, exactly. <laughs> that that doesn't comply with most shopping carts. But if you don't if you don't you know uh, adapt to it, then uh, and I mean of course maybe a lot of American companies are not interested in selling in in in, in India, but I'm sure they're interested in selling in Ireland. Oh, absolutely. You know, there are probably other other countries similar or even bigger than Ireland that that have these special uh, local uh, issues that you need to adapt to. Otherwise, you just don't get any orders in. Uh, or, you know, a lot of times I experience it uh, being Danish, of course, going to American websites or UK websites, but more, more often American websites where they have, like, as you just said, uh, um, requirement for, for zip code validating to five digits, that five digits you're using, right? Yeah. And we're using four. Uh, so by the end of the day, I usually just put in another number or put in an, a US zip code that I know or something, you know. So they, the result is that they just end up with wrong data. Right. Um, so <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, um, similar issues um, like that. I'm sure that we could we could probably talk for another couple of hours about this. Um, so uh, I guess we we will need to bring you back to the show one day. I hope you um, you will join us. Oh, I'd love to. I mean, the uh, you know industrial strength, big site stuff, and global stuff doesn't get yeah. covered yet. You know, it's probably the fastest growing area out there. So definitely would love to uh, to come back and maybe we can get into some you know some deeper, darker stuff and um, you know talk about you know some of the the, the real nuances um, that are happening in maybe in some specific countries and pull the audience in that and see what they want to talk about and let's cue it yeah. up. Definitely. Anything, uh, anything you want to round off this international discussion with? I would just say have an open mind and, and test it. You know, just look at it and see and try it. And, you know, just, just again, the basics, you know, make check your error detection. Check your, you know, what happens when someone doesn't have, you know, a language preference or they're coming in, you know, from a particular country. Um, is it an all or nothing that if you don't, if you don't have a language preference or, you know, if you're coming in from this market or that, really what's happened? Um, I can't believe that, that you know, for a hundred odd country potential, um, there's bound to be mistakes with redirection. So, you know, test that um, and then just try it, you know, just it's a big world out there and most of it's one click away. So, um, you know, just get out there and I encourage people to try other markets and and uh, and then if you do go visit it, it's a great uh, write off many times. Yeah, and I would highlight one of the things that um, that you um, that you said earlier on uh, that you should look at the website the way that it looks to local people. So so go through a local proxy and 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 set up a, a the defaults on your browser OS. So defaults to what whatever people use locally, and then go and actually see the site. Well, right. what what do they actually? And even better, 
it, it, let's say it's a Japanese site and you're an American company, maybe hopefully you have some Japanese friends or know somebody who knows a Japanese person, maybe bring that person in with you, sitting next to you, looking at what they actually see. Because maybe, maybe to a Japanese person it looks ridiculous or offensive or not funny or, you know, whatever it shouldn't be. <laughs> Things that, that you're not able to see. Right. Uh, I mean, just a small thing like that could um, could have a dramatic impact on, on, on what you decide to do. Yep. Well, so thanks anyway, for having Thanks for being here, Bill, and um, looking forward to the next time you come around. Great, thanks. <laughs>